0: you got the wheels turning there I do because I just got finished writing a a piece on my substack about this topic in in a roundabout way because we went to we went up through Ketchum up in your part of the woods up there Mm -hmm. mostly we were on our way to Montana and we went to Ketchum because I wanted to see Hemingway's grave Right. and Ketchum kind of to me, looked like what it looks like when you lose the West. Mm. And I say that because there was the people that we were running into were not the people of the West that I've always known and grown up with. They had a fleet of G6s parked at the airport. They were so heavily moneyed and snooty. They, the, 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 the atmosphere was not welcoming. Even in the bar we went to, you know, and the bars, and even in the snootiest mountain towns of the West, the bars have always been a welcoming kind of place. And it was clear to both my wife and I that we were just not of the proper cast to be there. And it was really disappointing. And seeing Hemingway's grave was great, always wanted to see that and then getting up to salmon was like being on another planet Mm -hmm. and so to me holding on to the west is and what i wrote about is it's always going to be defined by its mountains and its its deserts right those are immutable facts of, of the west and those things aren't disappearing so much as being filled in with asphalt And this new breed of human being that's coming out here or or, I don't know where they're coming from. That doesn't have the same kind of connection to it that people have had in the past and it's visible and it's noticeable. They're they're rude, they're entitled. Even here in Sisters the last five to 10 years, there's been a, a different kind of American moving in here. And the small town flavor and charm that I've always known in the American west is is evaporating. I don't know where it's going and it but it's strange so to me it's holding on to to the landscape it's holding on to those those valuable community sensibilities that we've had for so long that seem to be
1: being tick tocked away it's 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 weird actually. <laughs> So, would you say that a Westerner is more grounded to the fundamentals of life? I would say the Westerner
0: that I've always known sure has been, had a sense of where his food came from, had a sense of neighborly responsibility. Like, for instance, later today, this doesn't make me a hero, it's just what you do. I'll go over and I'll plow the the neighbor's driveway, right? Um, People become in a way I've not noticed before, really insulated and suspicious in ways that I never
1: have noticed. Um, a neighbor, a neighbor for a westerner is a different is a different relationship than a neighbor for someone in metro, in the metropolitan areas, I would say. Um, yeah. my sister lived in the Dallas Fort Worth area for a while and and lived with some friends and transitioned between houses, apartments, something. And she was floored that they didn't know their neighbors. So she went and introduced herself to all the neighbors, but they didn't wanna know the neighbors, right? They, they don't wanna know their neighbors. They have to live in community. They have to live with people and the idea of living in solitary confinement, like I grew up, scares the water out of them. Yeah. But then they don't know their neighbors. They have no need for their neighbors. They don't want their neighbors. I don't understand that. I don't either. And, and of course that's an illusion
0: because we're never more than about 72 hours away from the collapse of civilization. And they may find out that there's may come a time where they absolutely need their neighbors, and then they're not going to know them.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. That doesn't mean you have to like them all, but you, you should please not know who that is. <laughs> no,
1: you're not. Well, I, you know. I
2: think you've nailed a lot of it there, uh, Craig, and, and your comments about the Wood River Valley down in uh, Ketchum, of course, was better known as Sun Valley, which is an upscale ski resort town here in Idaho, and it is a different planet, there's no doubt about it. I I grew up south of there a ways, and when we went to scout camp and stuff, we we went up through there, and we we hiked around in those mountains a lot. I, I remember seeing the very first condominium built in that valley in the 60s, and... Uh, Boy, you drive through now there now. And all you have to do is drive through there and you get the sense of what you just witnessed. Hmm. And the best way I can I can describe it is there's a lot of elbowing. Isn't that it? Yeah. Uh, it, it's these people are just going driving like hell down through that valley, and they don't all it's just tunnel vision. There's yeah. it's total this is all about me and where can I get the fastest a lot. Yeah. And and that's why that's the metaphor for me is elbowing. And I, and I think you see that in, in a lot of urban areas and it's completely the opposite of what we have here in this community, where I live, probably where you live, you yeah. two, both of you. Mm-hmm.
0: Selfishness it's changing rapidly here, definitely changing in sisters. You know, we don't even have a stoplight in town. And thank God for that. But, you know, the summer crush comes and that elbowing starts. And people like me, you have lived here a while and people lived here their whole lives. You just see in the summer months, you, you go, you endure these winters because the summers are so wonderful. But then you're, you're absolutely overrun by the elbowers. So everybody kind of retreats to their place. You don't get to enjoy the summer the way you'd like to there's just too many people and they're all in a big hurry to get somewhere and get there first and i'm at a loss to figure out where it is they're trying to get to in such a hurry but
1: i guess (laughs)
0: that's they know
1: (laughs) that's why coloradans don't like texans (laughs) because we go up there for the summer we're in a hurry because we're used to 80 mile an hour speed limits (laughs) they don't like us (laughs) oh well (laughs) George, maybe you should formally introduce our guest.
2: Should we? Yeah. Uh, yeah not, uh, he is the one and only Craig, Craig Roman. Did I get the last name pronunciation correct? Yes, sir. Roman. So yeah. Craig's uh, a former Marine and also a uh, retired police detective. And uh, wow, you've got some stories to tell, but you At a very young age, you find yourself on the high desert and cowboying for a living and stuff like that. So um, anyway, you're also a videographer, a filmmaker. And uh, so we met you, what, must have been three, four years ago, maybe something like that.
0: That's about right. It's amazing how fast that time has gone, but yeah, about three years ago.
2: You ought to fill in some of the gaps. I left a whole bunch of gaps there in your
1: story.
0: Well, I've done a lot of stuff backwards. You remember the uh the, the movie Little Big Man mm-hmm. and the, the Contrary Cheyenne who walked backwards and and uh, took a bath in the dirt and dried off in the river. That's kind of been the spot. <laughs> I'm gonna uh, have to watch that movie again. <laughs> yeah, he uh, he was kind of a model, not by on purpose, but I grew up on the high desert in northeastern California on the on the Great Basin and a real small town ranching and and timber community. And always been around cowboys. My granddad was a lifelong working cowboy. And uh, I went off to school and got mad at school. So I left and went out, started cowboying down in Arizona and, and then kind of worked my way up through California into Nevada. And saw some really great country, met some really amazing people, which 30 years later became the the impetus for the first first film. Um, But what I realized is that cowboying for $600 a month, gas and groceries was not gonna pay my student loans. So uh, I joined the Marine Corps and spent four years in the Marine Corps, got out, went back to cowboying in Nevada for a while. And then one day I was hanging out with my brother, who was a deputy sheriff, and he said, Well, why don't you go for a ride along with me? And uh I did, and it was the most fun. I'll never forget it. It was an amazing night. He was a rural county sheriff, but he had a wild night that I thought was every night was like this, you know. So I got interested in law enforcement, and then I then I went and uh, got hired by the Santa Barbara Police Department in California. and Spent about the next 15 years doing that. Jason Crooks around. And then had an opportunity to move out of California, which I highly recommend to anyone who's <laughs> stuck there. <And laughs> we found uh, this little town here, Sisters, in Oregon, which is a lot like the place I grew up. And, and so here we are. And then from there, I've just Kind of re- retooled and and become a writer and and then kind of backed into becoming a filmmaker and and which has been wonderful because it's reconnected me with the things that i care about so much in the west and then you know the great basin the inner mountain region so much it's been kind of a wild ride and i'm still enjoying it so that's my story <laughs> i'm sticking to it <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, there's a lot of, a lot of uh, flesh to put on those bones, and I've, I've been reading uh, some of your stuff. I haven't subscribed to Substack, and by the way, anybody listening who wants to enjoy some really good writing uh, need to go to Craig Roman at Substack,
0: and uh, how often do you post on there? It really depends. I try to put something out at least once a week. Sometimes I'll get two or three out a week, and then sometimes I'll go three weeks where I'm so busy I can't get anything out. So it fluctuates, but I'm trying to be a little more consistent with that, and um, I really enjoy it. I have spent the last 10 years here writing a column for the local newspaper and enjoyed that quite a bit. But there's other avenues and, you know, bigger audiences I'm trying to find. And, and you know, I me it's a little bit quirky. It's a little bit Roman's view of the world, which isn't always um, right or uh, what the world wants to hear. But I just put out my stuff and my thoughts and try to make it intelligent and, and have at least some depth to it. <laughs>
2: You know. Well, I just got a lot of depth to it. I know you got at least one book under your belt. What is it called, Bunkhouse Chronicles? I got a copy of that.
0: And excellent Chronicle. read. Thank you very much. Um, a lot of fun to write, and and once I realized that you don't have to, uh, you don't have to go through these public. You know, part of the problem is that things have changed so much that the publishing houses are looking for certain types of work. And we all know this. And more importantly, they're looking for certain types of writers. And this is all tied into their diversity, equity, inclusion, which I consider to be utter nonsense. And because they're sacrificing good work for somebody's identity. Mm-hmm. And the two don't always marry up. And so, uh-huh. But I realized that you don't have to go through those things. You know, these these big publishing houses, they have sensitivity editors. This is a real thing. They have sensitivity editors so that if they read your work and something in it might offend someone of a protected class or whatever, they'll force a writer to completely rework the scene or rewrite the whole thing so that nobody, you know, has to run off to a safe space when they read it which is the opposite of what we should be doing. Um, But you don't have to do those things. And so I found a way to to get my book out there and and I'm working on another one now and hopefully that'll find an audience too. And you just have to realize you're probably not going to do a book tour. They're probably not going to celebrate you at Barnes and Noble with tea and crumpets, but you can do what you want to do and and you can feel pretty good about it. So that's, that's where I'm at. Same thing with filmmaking, I've learned. And you guys shut me up. I have a tendency
1: once I get going. Um
2: You're doing great. Yeah. We'll just keep going.
1: putting nickels in them in the machine. There. You're preventing me from saying something that I should So go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> filmmaking
0: is very much the same way. You know, if you tell somebody, which I did, I want to make a documentary film about cowboys, they'll 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 laugh you out of the room because why? Well, it's typically associated with white men and this notion of a, of a colonializing American westward expansion at the expense of um, indigenous people and all the rest of it. So they don't think it's sexy. It's not the topic they want. Um, what they want is edgy identity films. And But if you're determined to do it, you can do it anyway. And you can you can end up on all the same platforms, but you just have to scrap a little harder to get there. And that's what we did with the first film. And I think over time, that thing's gonna have prove to have legs and people will keep watching it. Mm. And these edgy films that they want, people are gonna, I don't wanna see that anymore. Nah. There's no. There's no lasting value in somebody in a, in a closet crying because somebody called them a name.
1: that 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 character doesn't survive it didn't it didn't survive in the west it didn't find anything it stayed in this little closet and it shriveled up and it dried away yeah and and, that's uh, right they did they damn sure didn't last in the marines either did they no no not yes. very long not very long <laughs> and and i just so wasn't a marine but my dad was so i felt like i was in boot camp the first 18 years of my life but uh, <laughs> but but uh uh i i so i grew up with a certain type of try hard mentality and and i just don't understand how i mean we all get our feelings hurt it happens and nobody wants to i'm sorry but you get up and you go and yeah. and uh I just don't understand how that stuff is going to work. So yeah, I, I hate it. And I I guess John Wayne's out in today's society, right? Because or or Captain Call when he said we won't tolerate rude behavior in a man. I mean, yeah. That character it's, survives. Yeah, that character always survives.
0: And and I think even more importantly, that character helps other people survive. Absolutely. Totally. And that's the tradition that you guys keep holding on to the west with the work that you do right i think that that goes on that goes on as long as guys like you are out there working your butts off to pass it on and to i would say probably even improve some of those skills over time and and mentoring other people that's a, that's really valuable and teaching people how to cry or I see these videos of college students screeching in the quad. You know, this is how they're teaching them to communicate and survive. It it,
1: it doesn't work. It won't work. Yeah. So, so when when, okay. So our our I'm not going to say westerners, but there was a, a certain conservative mentality that said, "I'm sorry, Bud Light, that's not going to work." When does that? When does that? bleed out and and i'm not trying to prevent any of those people from being who they are in this protected society you be you i'm good with that but the the idea of film companies production companies forcing me to to purchase their their ideas of what i should like when Mm -hmm. does that stop how do we make that stop i think it stops when people just
0: stop buying their products we always
1: have the power of yeah.
0: yeah, we always have the power of the purse. Yeah. So if I don't like a TV show, what do I do? I turn it off. I don't watch yeah. it. I
1: don't watch it either.
0: If if another people, enough people like us say no, well, they're not going to make those things anymore because nobody's going to advertise on them because nobody's going to see them. It's the best. Cause I worry about this topic. Like, what can I do? I'm just a guy sitting here in a snowstorm mm-hmm. in the middle of nowhere, and what I can do is. Present the world with one improved unit. That's the that's what yeah. I can do, and I can try to try to share those traits or whatever with people that I love and my friends and and people that I meet and lead by example. I think that it kind of comes down to that. And I'm with you. I don't care what anybody's doing. Mm-hmm. Go get, marry your goat. I mean, go. <laughs> no, <that's
1: Yeah>.
0: right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care what you do, but just don't tell me I'm a bad person if I say
1: that ain't right. I agree with Marion goats. You know? <laughs> yeah. I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. Conservatism, um, a small government, and I can take care of myself. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And and uh, I think we have an obligation to that, and I think yeah.
0: to take care of ourselves and to be at least functionally self sufficient and in the best way that we can and not everyone can do that and
1: yeah but, and, know, and and john wayne and captain call took care of those people that couldn't yeah right not a, yeah. not not in a negative way they 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 took care of them. and and you take care right. of your neighbor you take care of the people around you and and mm-hmm. help them survive we're all in it together um but don't come yeah. over here and step on my toes because that yeah will create consequences There's, yeah, and in a
0: lot of places, I would say they could start doing that by taking care of their kids. Absolutely. Um, And, you know, the the Marine Corps is funny because the the China Marines way back when brought back this phrase with them, gung-ho, and everybody's heard that, oh, he's Mm gung-ho. But most people don't know what it means, and what it means is working together. Mm -hmm. I mean, an individual Marine can get his butt kicked like anybody else. They don't walk on water, and they're not the toughest thing around. But a team of Marines is really hard to beat if right. they're working together. And that's always been my sense of community. You know, Half the guys in my platoon hated me, and I hated them. But when we were doing something together, we were formidable. And, and that's what community, I think, really looks like. We took care of each other. And the leadership understood they had to take care of people that were, were hurting. Yeah. Um, you know, Leaders eat last leaders eat last and one of the things that so disgruntled me about police work in the end was the the command staff ate first always and you see that and that's that's become a, a different kind of ethos and you see it in our politicians there isn't a chance in hell that that some of these politicians would ever wait and make sure everybody else was fed before they sat down to dinner no way their health insurance, right? <laughs> yeah. Right? Um so that's a rabbit hole I just took everyone down, but
1: <laughs> we can come out of it. Weird art well, kids I, weird art kids having some weird conversations here, Tate. That's, that's scary, Schwartzy.
2: <laughs> it's good though. <laughs> no, we're getting off uh getting off into this some uh, deep water here, but you know I I gave a little Little talk. Willie was there back last fall about. Uh, it talked about where is the where is most of the wealth found, and and it's not in in bank accounts and that sort of thing. Uh, as narrowly defined, but rather it's in six inches of topsoil, all over the world. That six inches of topsoil is is growing grass. It's growing crops. It's it's the land. It's the the animals that graze on it that's the fundamental wealth that we can't live without. And the further we get away from that, the more trouble we're getting into. And then, then you, when, when you're, you're, in a, you're in a shit storm with a colt or a cabin heifers or whatever, the only thing that matters is what's gonna work in this moment. It has nothing to do with how I feel about anything else. It's real, it's physical, it's tangible, it's embodied. All of that kind of stuff is what we've, we've kind of, not so much, of course, in our rural communities, agriculture communities and stuff like that, and probably pockets in, in urban life as well, but uh, that's what we're getting away from is some of the embodied, tangible, physical realities of life that's what we've gotten away that's part of when we say hold on to the west let's hold on to that yeah isn't yeah. that a big part of what we're saying here
0: yeah i think, I think so. so and it's not just there's also an aspect i don't want to make this dark because it's not meant that way but we're also removed from from death mm. not, not people like us that are in this role or have raised animals or or any of those things but I would hazard a guess that the largest percentage of Americans now are removed from both the process of growing something and the process of killing and or watching something die.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: You know, I can talk from from police work. Somebody's dead, they get scraped up and put in the back of a wagon and they disappear. Nobody ever sees them again. That's it. They're gone. That's a long ways from not so very long ago when Grandpa died in the living room. They actually brought in a photographer and took a picture of him holding <laughs> the newspaper. But, and he was there for a while. And, the, and
1: no.
0: they understood cycles of life in ways, whether it's humans or or, or livestock, that, that we're becoming divorced from. And that's not helping us, because it creates this unrealistic view that we all go on forever, which explains all these weird health kicks that people are on all the time. Um,
1: they think they're going to live forever. They really do. I was at I was at a, was at a, um, a church service one time and the, the, the minister was a, a very alpha like individual, right? I mean, he wasn't the mild meat manner church going, man, he was, he was large and in charge. Right. And, and just, just a leader is what he was. And he didn't take a lot of grief off of anything. He wasn't rude. He was a minister. Right. But he, but he stood up for what he believed and, and, and where he was and, he was giving a sermon to a bunch of kids and he was talking about life and just the things that can happen in life from death to bad individuals that we meet and bad things happen to to good people. he said, I'm sorry, life isn't fair. Get over it. It's okay. We have, we have a higher power God that's going to help us and be with us and never leave us, but life ain't fair. And you can't hide that from people. You might as well face it and and endure it and, and move on you'll be okay right you'll be okay but yeah sometimes things are there and hiding them I, I i agree with you Craig. that's not a positive and it, it what we're seeing is the
0: difference between that now and what is being taught out there which is as opposed to it's not fair it's i'm entitled to something oh yeah i i deserve this just because i arrived on planet earth well, that's never been true. It's no more true now than it ever was, um, but it's 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 creating this aggressive assumption that that just because you're here, the world owes you something. And you see, I see it in kids. You know, I see kids talking to adults these days. <laughs> if I had ever even opened my mouth like that, I'd have been on the other side of the room faster, and I could blink and and they get away with it. Because they've been taught they're the center of the universe.
1: Yeah, look, those kids that you want to backhand the kid, it's really their parents that need to be backhanded, right? Yeah. They're the ones that created that issue. Yeah, that's one hundred percent right, and
0: that's why I always look at bad dogs. You know, I see that dogs that <laughs> I—it's probably not his
1: fault. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, not his fault.
2: Well, Craig, tell us a little bit about this film that was quite an odyssey that you and your buddy sam pike endeavored to to film and and uh what what was your inspiration for that and of course that all fits in with what we're saying here too that's all as you alluded to earlier that's that was one of the impetus of getting becoming a filmmaker
0: yeah so you all remember we recently had this plague and, and and uh Things got pretty heavy-handed, and they were shutting down stores and everything. So we were all sitting around in the house reading, and I had this wild idea that I wanted to make a documentary film about a friend of mine named Lynn Babb, who's a lifelong buckaroo and saddle maker and really phenomenal Western artist, lives down in Paisley, Oregon. And I thought, well, I know nothing about filmmaking less than zero, but this would be a really great way to, to have a tribute to a really good guy. And so I started out by making a five minute uh, GoFundMe video, which is really embarrassing to look back on now, down on my barn and said, this is what I wanna do. I need to raise money. And my thought was I, would, I wanted to raise enough money to, to buy a, a fancy filmmaking camera. And much to my surprise, people started donating to this project. And significantly, it was stunning to me that so many people were willing to, to uh, help make the film. So my second thought was, I, even if I get this camera, I'm gonna have no idea how to make it work. <laughs> so um, I could go buy the space shuttle and that's great. You have a space shuttle, but you don't know how to fly it. So. Um, <laughs> Fortunately, uh, my editor at the newspaper here, Jim Cornelius, has vast networks of people that he knows, and he says, well, why don't you call Sam Pike? I didn't know Sam, and so I went on to Sam's website, and I realized right away, he'd done a seven, eight-minute video on a horse trainer here locally, and I knew right away that Sam had the feel that I wanted in the film. And... He knew which angles, he knew what to shoot when it came to people and horses and and landscapes. So I cold called Sam, didn't know me from Adam. I pitched him my idea and he said, yeah, I'm in. And it was that simple. Um, I learned later that Sam had been doing hunting shows around the world for 10 years. So he's got a considerable amount of experience outdoors with his filmmaking gear. So we just started filming. We went down to Paisley and started hanging out with Len in his studio and doing interviews. And I realized in that process, this, this idea is really bigger than, than just Len. There's a community down here of really amazing, interesting people. So the, I, the film kind of suddenly exploded in front of me. And then I wanted to have a second bunch, which was the Murphy family and they're, they're fifth generation in Oregon. Um, first brother came over from County Cork in Ireland around the turn of the century, and he was a sheep herder. And he spent his year first year moving sheep around off the desert into the mountains, back around, and he was able to sponsor the second Murphy brother to come over. And then the two of them homesteaded this beautiful country, and the family's been on there. They switched from sheep to cattle and they've been there forever. Amazing people. And there was a third piece that I really wanted because it gets overlooked. And I really wanted the native cowboys who have a really great reputation in the Great Basin as, as ropers and, and cowboys and, and hands. And funny enough, I was just on the web and I ran into um, this person named Victoria Jackson, who I didn't know. But she was feisty and she was talking about things that are important to her and and. Her folks. So I just sent her a message and I said, interested in being a film. She said, yeah, what's it about? You know, we went through all that. So that was the third piece of the movie. And what's valuable about that to me, well, it's multifold, but one of the things that's really great, I think, is that her dad, Al, worked on all the big ranches in Nevada and is still fluent in Shoshone. And I wanted the language in our movie. I wanted people to hear the native Shoshone speakers speaking that language. And this is this is how my brain works because you know we're sitting here speaking English, which is basically Germanic. It's a language born in the forests of, of Europe. Shoshone is a language that came right out of the, the sagebrush and the rocks in North America. So it's 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 an American language, and we don't hear it anywhere. So that became really a, I think, a really interesting part of the movie. And So that's great. you, you spend a couple of years um, shooting all this stuff, and now you have this big pile of film and you got to try to make a movie out of it. Um, and then you have another piece of that which is, well how do I get it distributed? How do I show it to anybody? Um, and in that case, I got really lucky. One of the guys that we interviewed was John Langmore down in Texas. And he and Bud Force had put together Cowboys, a documentary portrait. Um, so I just started picking his brain, like, what do I do now? And he says, well, you're gonna need an executive producer, which is, I see that in movies all the time, but I have no idea what they do, you know? Um, and the answer is they're kind of, they're, they do everything. And they take your product and they try to get it out to these platforms. And he pretty much handheld us through the the uh, film festival thing, which you kind of have to do, like, you got a good horse, you can't paint it around in the shows, you know, you got to do that with your movie. <clears throat> and then he found us a distributor. And all of a sudden, here we are today, and now this thing is out on all the platforms and uh, doing reasonably well. And it, that arc of experience was, was mind blowing. I was so behind the learning curve, knowing nothing. I still really don't know much, but um, the important takeaway for me, and we're talking about community, is that every person that I asked to be a part of this said yes, every single one of them. People that didn't know me, couldn't care less if I was walking the earth, but I would ask him, i cold call him and say, hey, are you interested in helping a guy do this? And everybody said yes, which is mm-hmm. kind of amazing. Um, Gary, you said yes, didn't know me from anybody. And I said, hey, well, will you sit down and do an interview? And, and you did, and then it became a really important part. Your part in that, I think is hugely important when you talk about tradition. And one of the things you said came up at a film festival in Texas, they didn't understand it when you say tradition gives us the opportunity to give the dead a vote The, the the young kid that was interviewing me couldn't wrap his head around that i said well think about it for a second your grandpa you told me was a cowboy in in texas of hispanic origin not that it matters i said you when you honor the traditions and the things that he passed down to you, you're acknowledging his life. You're giving him a vote in the way that you live in the way that you see the world. And he sat there for a minute. And he was like, Whoa, that's cool. He was thinking it has something to do with, you know, voting for city council or <laughs> phony ballots. And uh, well,
2: Chicago.
0: Yeah. Right. <laughs> Chicago. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, that's how we, we, we made the, the, the film. And gosh, you know, we met so many great people, really, really interesting people. And like I say, also welcoming.
1: And can't ask for more than that. It would have, you know, growing up in the small town with the Western attitude, but um, can-do attitude, right, Schwartzy? You that's know, something we talk about a lot, having a can-do attitude. But uh, it would surprise me if people didn't want to participate. Like, yeah why yeah. not right yeah and you can't predict it
0: the one of the one of the ones that really surprised me is uh waddy mitchell so when i was a kid and i was in school and i was rodeoing around we always had waddy's mm. cassettes you know of him telling his poems and all that stuff so this voice was in my head for a long time and i thought well man it would be really cool if i could get waddy mitchell well I figured he'd say no you know forget it and i figured out how to get in touch with him and he's like yeah come on out come on out and mm-hmm. so there i was 25 years later sitting in wadi's living room just mind blown like there's no way i would ever imagine that oh. that kind of thing to happen and but he could have said no but he didn't mm-hmm. you know and that's cool
2: well in all fairness craig i think your comportment, the way you approached, the way you asked, I think, reflected the values that that we can all connect with. I mean, it, if, if you were to borrow that term we used earlier, if you were elbowing your way into this situation, it wouldn't work. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't have worked. But it would have been right. easy to say no, but yeah. you did not. You did not. You framed what what you were trying to do in a, an articulate way, and uh, you did not elbow your way
0: into the room. Well, well, thanks for that. You know, I think definitely approach matters. And what a blessing it is that 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 you get to, to hang with people and then and tell this story and push it out, you know, and let the world see it, um, which I didn't think was gonna happen either. I thought, okay, I think it was Waddy's wife told me, be careful that you don't end up with the world's most expensive home movie. (laughs) which (laughs) Scared me a little bit because there's truth in that. And so once we, we were, I say we, it was really Jeffrey Brown, the executive producer. Once he was able to get these things and I realized it was going out to the world. I thought, wow, we, 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 uh, we're at goal. We, we did what we wanted. We got this story that no one would ever hear otherwise out in front of people. And that's a win. That's a win. But then it made me even more arrogant because then I thought, well, I want to do this again. And I'd heard you guys, the rumblings about this 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 build. And I thought, man, I sure would like to film that and get that out in front of the world. And,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I'm lucky again, you guys said, yes, so
1: here we go. We're going to have a lot of fun doing this. Explain that, Schwartz. Uh, what's going
0: on? Yeah, we
2: should say what's going on. What is he talking about there? So, <laughs> anyway, oh, as some of you probably are aware, back what has it been five, six years ago? Mm-hmm. Uh, saddle makers got together at Hamleys in Pendleton, Oregon, and built a carved saddle in three days. So we had Chuck Pedro, Troy, um, John, Mead, Big John. Uh, camped on a project and got it done in three days and it was a flat-footed start so uh here we got our 25th year in the tcaa coming up well 25th show 26th year of course we know why we didn't have one of those shows but uh so we've got that celebration coming up here and and we hatched this idea to kind of make another run at at that project like that but this time we plan on doing a a little more intricate card saddle and get a little bit of a running start on it. So the plan is to uh, just as of earlier this week, we have decided to uh, build the saddle, uh, finish it up here in my shop in Idaho. And uh, we've invited Craig and his videographer to come and film this whole thing. And uh, we're very excited about that. so you have more plans to to travel around the country, get interviews from other people involved in this project as well. So we yeah. are thrilled to have you on board.
1: Every well, every member of the TCA will have something on the saddle too, right, Shortseat? Yep. But yeah, we'll yep. contribute yep, we've got one form or fashion.
2: All hands on deck. So even <clears throat> if it's only a rope strap buckle or rigging rings or whatever,
1: it'll hey, be hey. what are, what are, what are you doing? The rope strap for? buckle. Don't the rope only, strap you, buckle. Yeah, you only me. You, only. You only me. <laughs> well, I'm happy to it do You and not someone else.
2: Well, <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> Big John. Big John is going to be flower stamping this whole thing. Wow. And, uh, holy cow! Yeah, he's the one that's going to have more skin in the game than anybody. I guess we should also say that this saddle will be. Uh, we plan on having it completed here in April and uh will be submitted to the museum back in Oklahoma City for campaigning for and getting the hype going for this fall show. And uh, so it will be up for auction. anybody interested in this project, uh, we will have it
1: available for auction at our show opening. And proceeds to the TCA, right? Yep. yep. Our, mi- our yeah. mission of preserving and promoting
2: mm-hmm.
1: well Craig um, you're excited this, about this and you
2: you've got you're just I know I know you you're 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 you cannot your mind is just will not quiet with this project I can tell
0: yeah I'm obsessed with it I'm obsessed with how to tell this story um how to show the world you guys creating a masterpiece out of you know, the bare bones materials and you, you create this masterpiece and it comes into the world and, and how long is it going to be in the world? A lot longer than any of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's representative of something other than it's, it. Yeah. It's, it's an art piece and, and, but it's functional. Right. And that's, that's amazing. That's amazing. I can't wait. I can't wait to get to start filming and see where it's going to go. It's going to take us places that I can't even imagine right now. And, I have a basic
1: idea how i want to do it and, and but that changes and you got to be open to that too it it to me by it's when you say it's functional and it's something is like it is it is you can put your hands on it it goes back to that six inches of soil that carrie was talking about yeah. as well it, it's yeah. not an idea it's not a concept it's real and it is yeah. not it's not it's not only telling the story it is the story of the west you know it is a certain part of it so awesome yeah. for you for telling that story and, and helping us share that. I, I, um, uh, you know, our little group is, is, uh, not very well understood because we're a bunch of solitary confined introverts that aren't very good at getting out. Right. I mean, we live our life in solitary confinement, 360 days of the year. So, Without this opportunity uh, for, without you doing this for us, and we mean that as an opportunity on our end, is, is it helps us tell that story and share our passion and what we're trying to do. So, thank you so much for doing that. Thanks for letting me do it. We're gonna we're gonna
0: make something beautiful to so be a nice companion piece to what you guys create, and 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 it's one of the things that really attracts me about TCAA and reading the literature and talking to you guys is this is really well grounded in a in a philosophy. In, in a way of living and approaching life on earth and expressly stated and and i i that's interesting you say people don't really understand this that well and that's their fault they're not paying attention because the information's there it was there and and yeah you're all permits and cantankerous <laughs> i told them i, I met with a of the cameraman yesterday and i say you know these guys work alone and and they're actual men, and so they have ideas, but you just go in there and stay out of the way, and you're going to be just fine. He's a, little, he's a younger guy. I'm going to use three different cameramen, and, and he's a little nervous. He's got nothing to be nervous
1: about. Just stay out of the yeah. way and shoot. Well, when I mean, John gets on the line, maybe he'd be a little nervous. But... <laughs> <laughs> did you say that? I did. Yeah, John still loves me.
2: <laughs> no, it's. uh you know, just to put a bow a little bit on what you were, you guys were just talking there a few minutes ago about, we we talk about hold on to the West and, uh, just, just the word, think about the word hold. That is physical, it's tangible and it has to do with our hands. And that's where all this work is coming out of the work of our hands. And, uh, that's a big aspect of what we're trying to do is to, is to, as I've said many times, I think as uh, Westerners, that is in Western civilization here in the States, in this part of the world, people are starved for hands-on accomplishment. Mm-hmm. And this project is a way that we can celebrate that hands-on accomplishment. And it's also, um, I know that one of the things that gave me an i the idea to do that build at hamley's is that one of the great joys of uh, for musicians is to get together and jam but how often do craftsmen get together and quote unquote jam we're so independent-minded you know we're we're isolated in our own little caves of existence and stuff like that but uh this is an opportunity to get together, and, and everybody kind of there's a division of labor. Everybody knows this is where I begin, this is where I end, and we're handing it off to the next person. And uh, so that, that, that's where I think that Hamley build, and this one, of course, is going to give us an opportunity to work as a community of craftsmen. We have to collaborate. We've got to communicate and it and it's all coming out of our hands hold
1: on to the west i love it i, I, love have, it. I have no idea how y'all are gonna pull that off i mean so you starting before you get there well
2: I mean, we're gonna we're gonna get the the trees going to be sent to big john he's going to fit some of the parts and get started on the flower stamping well that so was my that was my it's going to take a lot of pressure off of this three four days whatever we get together when we get together in the shop here so
1: well that was my question how the hell do you get it all to fit right leather's not like steel where you add a little bead here things like that I...
2: <laughs> get the grinder and the mm-hmm. file now and stuff yeah no it's john's gonna be doing yeoman's work on this project he's gonna give us a rolling start on some things chuck's gonna be doing the design work on the floral carving and but the actual build, getting the ground seat in, rigging on, seat in, fork cover, all of that kind of stuff, and assembly, that's going to be done in real time right here. Hmm. Coincidentally, um, <laughs> and so far, it, it looks like it's going to take place on the 1st of April, begin work on the 1st of April, and rope, uh, no rope, no fooling.
1: Well, rope but, strap buckles, are, they're secondary. They don't have to be done quite so soon, do they? You get
2: all <laughs> you right. Bad. You worry. bad boy.
1: <laughs> I got it. I got
2: it. it. So we're gonna that day, uh, the first of April, twenty twenty four, will will mark forty years that I've been in business for oh, myself, wow. right, right here in River wow. City. That's so cool. that'll be fun. Craig, I got an idea. And yes, we're sir. just going to float this out there. I uh, mm-hmm. got to thinking about within the last couple of three days or so about all that we got going here. And, and uh, you know, like they do and some I don't watch hardly any TV, but I do see enough that reality TV, which in some sense, that's what this is. It's real. It's reality TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you could do a little bit of a <clears throat> kind of, OK, committee you know, team meeting, here's what we're going to do, you know, have a little bit of a, what What are we all going to be doing here today? Uh, so-and-so's got this, so-and-so's got that. And then maybe a little debriefing at the end of it and uh, yeah. talk about what, what went right, what went wrong, all of that kind of stuff. I guess in some ways it's kind of like your I forget the acronym for, after an engagement in the military, there's a debriefing, uh, that, that happens. I can see all kinds of layers of stuff like this is allowing the world into our world in that sense.
0: It's 100% right. And and as I've been trying to, I want to back up just a minute because when you were talking about musicians jamming together, mm-hmm. that's, that's definitely how I was kind of seeing this. And that's, that's really what it is. There's a really great film out there called It Might Get Loud. They take three of the world's best rock musicians, and they bring them together, and they jam together. It's really beautiful. It's really well done. And I and I see a similar vision to this. And I think it's really critical that people see what you're talking about, uh, uh, That that sort of morning meeting, like this is what we're going to accomplish today. And they also see that debrief. I've sat in probably 20,000 debriefs between the Marine Corps and, and the PD. Mm-hmm. And those are critical moments where people, you can see what went wrong, why it went wrong and how we're going to fix it. And so that idea that you have, I think is, is really critical to this, telling that story because people need to see that this isn't put together by a robot in Beijing. This was human beings using their hands and their heart and their ideas and putting in, in, Creating something that did not exist, and so I want to show as much of that as possible. Absolutely.
2: You know what happened um, back at Pendleton in Hamleys. Uh, so we got together and we sort of designated Chuck as sort of our our shop foreman. You know, if we came to a fork in the road and we didn't know what we're going to do, Chuck, tell us what to do. But what are what, what we get? Which way we going to go? What technique we going to use on this and stuff? And we had a basic framework of who was going to do what on the project, but uh, we're getting to lay parts out on a, on the side of skirting leather, and immediately we were we were in a vigorous debate on where to cut these parts out, and <laughs> and uh, so and the reality is uh, two things uh, we there there's struggle involved in this. There is a real tangible struggle involved. And that's a big part of this embodied life that we're, we're talking about. The tangible, physical, there's a real struggle going on here. And uh, so we need to show that. We need to, we need to be honest about that and be, and, and uh, show the world that, that this is part of the process of living an embodied yeah.
0: life. I I could not agree more and I, I think that's there when any, anything being created there's underlying tension and and we can't manufacture it, but we can we can be there to document it because it's going to happen there's going to be those moments of tension and it's really critical from the filmmaking side of it that that we're there and then we pick it up on film as it's developing because that is really the story. I mean, a rose doesn't grow without some 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 friction and that's mm-hmm. just that's what happens and that is the story i think that's that's really the
1: story and i love it i'm so excited about it. but perseverance <laughs> well, perseverance and you will overcome right that's, that's it. that friction, yeah. you will overcome
2: perseverance. yes you know the, the the glue that held it together and it has for the tca for 25 years it certainly got compressed down into three days there in families is the respect that we have one for one another. Mm-hmm. We didn't always agree. There was, there was friction. There was tension. There was one day where, oh, damn, this needs to be moving a little along a little bit more. And, and, you know, maybe getting a little frustrated with one another a little bit, never, never was an art an out and out argument, but uh, that's, that's just all of this process that we're we're trying to work through, and the glue, as I said, was the respect that we had for one another, yeah. and that's another value of holding on to the West, isn't it? We have respect for one another,
1: And I think so, and respect for the West, respect for the West, and each other.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is an old story, and it might even be made up, but it's always stuck in my brain. Uh, they were making one of these bubbles down in the desert of Arizona where they're going to put people in it for a year and like an experiment and see how they were going to get along. And, and they put some trees in there and they found that they, they the trees were doing well. And one of the things that they didn't incorporate into their bubble is wind. Mm-hmm. And so the trees wouldn't take very good root and they would just fall over. And I always thought that was fascinating. There's a there's a parallel there to to this creation process. That tension is 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 real. It's important, but it doesn't lose sight of of the mission and that respect. And yeah, I think this film's got a lot of potential, and I can't wait to get started and be there. One of the, one of our challenges is going to be the minute cameras show up, everybody starts acting a little weird. <laughs> so <laughs> we try to we try to hide until that goes away and they forget that the cameras are on them um
1: just walk out it'll have
2: to walk. be one of our our uh committee meetings to get started is to, okay uh this cameraman does not exist he is invisible Yeah. That's he is it. That's not it. a part of this story
1: be, <laughs> just be you right just be you just be you you know, and, but there's, there's a little bit to that, Greg. I mean, for sure is, is I've done so not films, but you know, little 20 minute things and all is, golly, it takes a little bit to get used to the cameras pointing at you and all the lights out or whatever, however, it's all going down, you know, and, and these yeah. podcasts and interviews and all that, it, it's, um, one of the things Karen and I talked about, one of the purposes of this podcast was to be able to articulate and talk, right. Communicate and, and, and get our, uh, I, I mean, it, there's a lot of facets to it but both of us want to be able to speak and speak to people and be comfortable of who we are in front of the camera or the microphone or whatever
0: it's a, to that little hurdle of, of self-consciousness yeah and, um one of the one of the interesting things of, with, with the cowboys, especially, it's the younger breed of cowboy is very self conscious and, and worried about his outfit and worried, worried about how he looked and the rest of it. Um, the older cowboys don't care. You know, they come stumbling in and they're over it. The, the romance and the fantasy of the cowboy thing is worn off, and, so that they're, they're a lot easier. And, and so, you guys are of a certain age, I think it'll be easy and fun. And, and
1: so I started doing my Wednesday videos, workshop Wednesday, I call it. Well, my marketing consulting guru, Lorinda, said, uh, she said, you're a dork. Just embrace it and go on. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> so ever since then, uh, you know what? I am. I'm willing. And now because I do that, I've done so damn many of those things. I'm videoing myself. And now Eli, my helpers, is uh, videoing on man i just get to be a dork right it's all good (laughs) (laughs) well i think what
2: you just said a moment ago craig is is absolutely true i think to a man i think uh, what we got here is our our people that are a point in life where they really don't have anything to prove no we don't this isn't about us Mm. we don't the last thing we're worried about is stuff like that so so we're just going to roll our sleeves up and have some fun and and hopefully it'll help our our uh, our Western culture, Western craftsmanship, and artistry, and all that fun
0: stuff. I think it will. I think it it can only do that. It
1: can. That's all it can do. Yep. If you so, two, if you two aren't still froze up in sixteen foot of snow, <laughs> Craig says three foot. Of, you're sitting on a foot of snow, and you're gonna get three more on top of it. Yeah. Nope. My well,
0: people. if they're right, we have a we have a long tradition of meteorologists around here um, <laughs> being wrong. So, but <laughs> they've hyped this one up pretty good. So I'm led to believe there's something to it. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see.
1: Well, it is dipping down here in my southern world, and um, I don't appreciate that y'all let it loose. But it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Well, Schwartzy, we've been tuning on close to an hour all right yeah well let's uh let's
2: give craig an opportunity to advertise a substack, uh which is a, a subscription based uh platform correct
0: that's correct that. so you can go and you can sign up for free and if you like it um i charge five bucks a month for a subscription um i think it's worth five bucks um you know, selfishly speaking, but it, you can sign up for free and just just test it out. If you like it, if you like it, and if you don't, there's probably something out there for you on Substack. A lot of good writers there. Uh, the movie, the film, The Outside Circle, is now out on Amazon Prime. It's out on uh, Kings of Docs, and it's coming out on Tubi shortly. It's also over at Force TV, um, and we're really just looking forward to getting into this next project and 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 watching you guys make your magic and and telling that story and as you say make a contribution to holding on to something and passing something along. cool well, we're
1: excited too Substack, cool well
2: well should we go get some work done willie i should go let back this this gentleman get back to his his uh writing and Whatever you've got, and uh, going blast. out there shovel the sco- shoveling snow or whatever it is you got going.
0: Yeah. Me and my friend John Deere we're gonna take care of it. So
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good. That's a good. Well, one. thanks
0: guys. Thank you very much for having me on. This was a real blast, and uh, I love your show. I love what you're doing, and it's an honor to be here. So I appreciate it very much. Well,
2: Thank we'll you. have to have you back here when we get things rolling, and maybe have an update on what we got going. So.
0: Love That's to.
2: A, love it'll to be fun. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, All guys. All right. Take care.